0: welcome to the city life lansing podcast you are loved you belong and you have a unique purpose from god you can connect with us at citylifelansing.com you belong here here's today's message what is up y'all good morning good, morning. good. oh dang there's some energy for the 10 a.m i like that i like that thanks for talking back y'all know i like when you talk back man uh My name is Devin, so glad you're here. You know, it's funny, I was standing back there and listening to the giving video and Rob's I I I I O thing. We ad-libbed that for the record, but uh, that was, uh, it's one of my favorite moments in the song, but really glad you're here, my name is Devin. Uh, I'm one of the leaders and staff members here at City Life and I'm so grateful that you guys have showed up on a Sunday morning, continue to show up. There's new faces, there's old faces, there's all kind of in-between faces and we're glad that you guys are with us. Uh, Today, we are going to be jumping back into our Root Series theme of the year, uh, which is really cool. We're excited about that. It's been something God's been speaking for a really long time to our family and our community here. And so we're going to dive into that. But before we get started, I just want to take a moment and honor our leaders. Now, we're going into we're in year seven of the church. And a lot of people think that leadership is about power and influence, but really leadership is about awareness and accountability and ultimately responsibility. And so for Jerome and Crystal, who have been giving their lives for each and every one of us for decades, whether it was Sounds Good, or whether it was City Life, meetings at 12 o'clock, random phone calls. I mean, you name it. The the stuff that comes with leadership, it's the the things you don't see. Um, And there's a real cost to it. And Jerome and Crystal would never say this. They would never ask for this. They didn't put me up to this. I'm just saying this as a person who's benefited from their leadership and their love and their obedience and their commitment to Jesus. My life is significantly better because of them. And I'm sure all of us could say the same. So let's give them a round of applause, please. So we love you, short. We love you. We love your kids. Your kids are the best in the world, Um, their family, and uh, it takes a toll on the kids too, man. So if you're just thinking real quick, how do I love my leaders? Because they give account to God for our souls. One thing, pray. Pray for them like crazy. Pray that God will give them energy and endurance. And the second thing is get healthy. Be spiritually mature. Grow. That's what Get Rooted is all about. We want to raise mature believers in Jesus And that's how we share the weight. And then ultimately, as they grow us and then we grow others, Jesus is the chief shepherd. They're the under shepherds. And then ultimately, we get to grow and become all that God has for us. So that's really the call today. That's the pitch. And that's just, that's not scripted. That's just real, y'all. Like, there's a cost and we love them. So um, if you see them, tell them thank you when you get a chance. But today, like I said, we're going into route two. Uh, It's not on, is it up there yet? Okay, it's not. So don't put it up there yet. Does anyone know what route two is? Anybody? If you know it, just shout it out. It's okay. You can shout it out. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> source. All right, now you can put it up. Now you can put it up. Root two is source, growing deep roots in Jesus. We, last week, we did understanding salvation, and maybe some of you came to understand who Jesus was and what salvation is for the first time. And we talked about baptism and what that next step could look like. But ultimately, salvation is a moment that leads to a lifestyle. And so this week is all about the lifestyle of knowing Jesus and growing in him, growing deep roots in the source. And so there's a pretty famous passage, uh, John 15, 4. You've probably heard it, but I'm going to just read it to you real quick. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, one of the last conversations he has. And you and I can do a lot of amazing things, but we can't produce the fruit that comes from being with Jesus and tapping in him. And I don't know about y'all, but on Sunday morning, I feel great. I love worship. Shout out to our worship team. They killed it, right? So you can have a great moment of worship, feeling the spirit, learn something in a sermon, feel empowered for your week. And then Monday afternoon, That annoying coworker comes right around and they just start talking to you, saying some crazy stuff. And you get pulled out of pocket and you forget that you're a loved being created by a loved God and you're called to love other people. It's so easy to get distracted, y'all. It's so easy. And for me, I I don't know if you're anything like me, but Thursday comes around and sometimes, man, I forget I'm a Christian, I forget God's around, I forget God's there. And I start to wonder who am I and what am I doing And I have to be brought back to center. So ultimately, today is about being brought back to center, to remembering who we are, to tapping into the taproot of Jesus. In every plant, there's a center, not every plant, so don't take that literally, but in most plants, there is a center root, a strong center root that anchors the tree or the plant. All the other roots come off of it. It's the source of life. And so the taproot today is Jesus, and we're going to be leaning into Jesus. So... The goal ultimately, like I said earlier, is that we would become deeper, wider, and stronger believers. A friend of mine said one time, I think, it's, I think it was John Mashney, correct me if I'm wrong, Crystal, but uh, he said intensity is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fire, let that one sit, because I'm an intense guy, everything is intense. Intensity is not fruit of the Holy Spirit, but consistency is. And so this is going to be a sermon about consistency, which is not at all shiny or flashy. But I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started and talk about the how we do this practically, but the why is simply to grow in Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for everybody here. God, I pray you would, you would ignite something in us today. Not to achieve or to accomplish. Not to be known or famous or have a platform or to, grow or to try to get respect, but God, that today we would have a passion for the deep work. That we would want to be formed like you, to be in your image from the inside out, from the core of our being, that you'd want to make us brand new. And so I pray you just speak to us today. I pray somebody hears something they never heard before, something that inspires them or calls them into a new area of growth with you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's really three ways we can do this. Um, that we talk about growing deep roots in Jesus. And I'm going to talk about, we're going to have Ashton and Tina come up afterwards as well um, to share. But the first one we're going to talk about is the Bible. And I think for me, this has probably been the most impactful thing in my entire faith journey. And I don't say that as an overstatement. The Bible, the written word of God. Like I said earlier, it's easy to forget who we are. So when I was a kid, um, Well, I'll preface this. My mom is number one at snacks. A one since day one. I'm telling you, there is no one better at making sure snacks are on deck. If you're wondering where I get it from, if you hung out with me, you know I love snacks. I get it from my mom. One day, my mom was sitting on the couch, and she just ate some Skittles. And uh, and this will tell you a lot about my sister in a second. Um, She ate some Skittles, and my sister was all of maybe four or five. And she calls my sister over. She says, hey, Kendall, come on over. And uh, Kendall comes running over like this. And she starts talking, she goes, hey, mom, you did, you had you it Skittles and you did not give me none. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories because it tells you so much about my sister. She loves food. Would you know she has a food blog on Instagram? Shameless plug. Um, she, did you know she did a video cooking thing when she was like 11 years old with her friend before YouTube was cool? See, stories anchor us. They remind us who we are. Maybe you have a family story. The scriptures are your story and my story. They're a story that anchors us in times of doubt when we forget who we are when Monday comes or Thursday comes or that uncle comes or that kid comes or that job comes or the disappointment comes or COVID comes or a war crisis comes. The scriptures anchor us and remind us who we are and who God is because who we are is based on who God is. And so ultimately, the number one call I want to give to you today, number one, is to remember is to remember, and I don't know if you're a skeptic in the room. I don't know if you're afraid, or maybe you're unfamiliar with the Bible even. Or maybe it's just something that's been around in your family, but it's never deeply impacted you, or or maybe you don't even know how to read it and it's more confusing than anything. Or maybe you've been reading the scriptures for 50 years. I don't know. But ultimately, as human beings, we all have to remember. There's a quote by A.W. Tozer. He says that, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us, most important. If God is a being who is love, that means you're a creature that was formed from love, created to love. If God is creative, then you're supposed to get creative. If God is patient, then we're supposed to be patient. See, what forms and shapes us is ultimately our ideas. And so the Bible is a story about who God is and who we are. There's a passage in John 1 I'm going to read and then we're going to watch a quick video about what is the story of the Bible. Okay, if I want to if I want to get into this, if I really want to start to read it and know it because the purpose is not to know a book, it's to know a person. So I'm going to read John 1 real quick. It says this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, algebra textbooks don't feel personal, but the scriptures do. Because the point of the Bible is not to get you to memorize ideas or just to get information, it's to introduce you to a person. The word is capitalized, that's an identifier for a a being. So much in the West, we talk about the Bible like it's a book just to study, when the goal is not information, it's transformation, and we're transformed by presence, y'all. And so the living word, Jesus, ultimately wrote the written word through men and women like you and I. So that we could engage and know a person. It's a letter. It's not a textbook. And so I want you to check out the screen real quick. We're going to watch a quick story from the Bible Project, and then we'll jump back in in a second. The Bible is an important book, but it's really long. Yeah, it's a collection of
1: many books written over a long period of time, but altogether they tell one unified story.
2: So, what's the story of the Bible?
1: Well, it begins by introducing us to a beautiful mind, the author of all reality, a being called God. And he has the power to take the dark chaos of the uncreated world and bring about order and beauty and a garden full of life.
2: And to crown this accomplishment, God appoints these creatures called humanity, or in Hebrew, Adam and they are made as God's image.
1: Which means that they are commissioned to rule this beautiful world on God's behalf by harnessing
2: all of its potential and creating even more beauty and order. This is a story about humans using their power to do meaningful, life-giving work. But the question is, how?
1: Yeah, humanity now faces a choice that is represented by a fruit tree. So, humans could partner with God and find freedom by trusting in his knowledge of good and evil. Or, they could seize power and define good and evil on their own,
2: which, God warns, will kill them. And they hear the voice of a dark, mysterious creature that tells them the choice is simple, take the fruit. It will give you power and freedom to rule the world on your own terms.
1: And so they seize this knowledge and as a result they become suspicious and self-protective. It leads to fractured relationships, violent power grabs, and ultimately a whole civilization, Babylon, that has redefined
2: evil as good. And so, God scatters this corrupted human project. And here the story of the Bible takes an important turn. We zoom in to the story of a man and a woman who come out of Babylon, Abraham and Sarah.
1: Yeah, God promises that from them will come a new people, a nation that has another chance to make the right choice. And if they succeed, it will open up this new way forward for the rest of humanity.
2: And this is why the rest of the Bible story is about this family. And it does not go well. Despite
1: God's personal guidance, Abraham's family gives in to that same temptation to redefine good and evil on their own terms, apart from God.
2: Even when their best people were in charge, rulers who loved God's guidance and had divine wisdom, Even they gave in.
1: And so, Israel was warned by their own prophets that these choices would lead them back to Babylon, this time as conquered captives living in exile, and that is exactly
2: what happened. So, even with God's personal guidance, Israel fails. Who can succeed? Well, the prophets said that the story was not
1: over. God's going to send a new leader to Israel to cover for their failures and to transform the people's hearts and minds so that they can make the right choice.
2: And so, the part of the Bible called the Old Testament ends and these promises are left hanging.
1: And then the biblical story continues into the New Testament. We are introduced to a man who comes from the line of Israel's kings, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said that he was bringing all these promises to their completion.
2: He confronted that dark, mysterious evil that all humanity has given into and resisted its power.
1: And then he announced that God had arrived to rule the world through himself. Jesus taught about God's definition of good and evil and he said that real power is serving others. According to Jesus, it is people who love the poor and even love their enemies. These are the kinds of people who actually rule the world. That is confusing, but also really beautiful. And So is the claim that the story goes on to make about Jesus, that he is God become human. To be for Israel and for all humanity what we could never be for ourselves. He came to take the consequences of our evil into himself. And his sacrificial love proved more powerful than evil, than even death itself.
2: So, now humanity is presented with a new choice. Represented by a new tree. Stick with the old way of being human or venture into this new way.
1: And in the story, those who choose the way of Jesus find themselves energized by God's own power. People who know that they are loved and forgiven by God can become people who love and forgive others in return.
2: The Jesus movement quickly spread throughout the world, forming these new communities of people who follow the way of Jesus.
1: But they faced problems. There was persecution from the outside by people in power, and inside there was confusion, even compromise.
2: Yeah, because following Jesus is really hard. And so the movement's
1: leaders, called apostles, they wrote letters to comfort and to challenge these communities to stay faithful to the difficult way of Jesus.
2: And they are called to hope for the day when Jesus will come and change everything.
1: And so, the Bible ends by pointing to the future day when all wrongs are made right, when evil is eradicated, heaven and earth are united, and humanity can rule the world together in the love and power of God.
2: Okay, so that is the story of the Bible and it brings all of these books together.
1: But what is interesting is that each book contains a different kind of literature that contributes to this story in a unique way. And that is what the next video will begin to explore.
0: Those guys are so smart. I'm grateful for the Bible Project. It's awesome. Obviously, there's a lot in there. The Bible is a very complex, nuanced book, and you could search it your whole life. And this is not, the point of today is not to say, hey, all right, let's do a deep dive in Exodus or Leviticus or whatever. Whatever, that's not what we're doing. Today, we're trying to wake up a fire in each one of us, a hunger to really know God through his written word, which is truth. The Bible is a story that's written by God about Jesus to us. By God, about Jesus to us. And the hope is that you would find yourself in this story, that you would experience Jesus in His written word. And maybe you're feeling a little bit um, uncomfortable. The Bible's not just for pastors, it's not just for speakers, it's not just for theologians or church leaders, it's for everybody. And it's not just to give us answers. Yes, there are answers, but it's to invite us into a mystery. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed and I don't understand it and there's so much to learn and what's he talking about with Jewish prophets, it's okay. Breathe. Breathe. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I'm 15, 20 years into being a Christian and still get confused by it, if I'm honest. There are many moments where I'm like, I don't understand that and I don't even like that. But God wants to draw you into a relationship through his word and ultimately awaken faith in each one of us. And so if you're thinking, okay, how do I start this? Well, I was thinking about a merry-go-round. I know, random. Just follow me, follow me. Merry-go-rounds were all the rage when I was a kid. If a playground had a merry-go-round, I was mad excited, if I'm honest. I was mad excited. I was like, yo, I'm about to go fast. And uh, so it would spin around really fast, and you try to hold on for your dear life. And then you'd eventually get launched off, all 50 pounds of you, um, and uh, end up with wood chips in your face. And the reason that would happen, obviously, is gravity, centrifugal force, whatever. Scientists in the room, but you would try to stand up. And there was a moment where you're like, you're like, whoa, like I can't stand up straight. I don't know what I'm doing. It took a little time. You and I are going to be pulled on a daily basis, hourly basis, minute by minute basis. You're going to hear the lie of the enemy that you're not loved. You're going to see a crisis somewhere in the world. It feels like there's a new one every day, and it's going to tell you something about who people are and who you are and who God is. You're going to see something that might say God's disinterested or uninvolved or doesn't care about human beings. That's like being on the merry-go-round and trying to stand up. Your brain can't even focus. Ultimately, the scriptures are meant to bring us back to focus so that we can actually see Jesus clearly and walk straight. The path is narrow, y'all, but there is a path. So my invitation is simply, hey, let's get off the merry-go-round of the world. You're going to be, Instagram will do it to you. Conversation with people will do it to you. Voices in your own head, family trauma will all speak to you. But we can anchor ourselves. We can come back to center with the scriptures. And a really simple way to do that, hey, verse of the day. You don't have to read three chapters. You don't have to do a theme study or a word study. Verse of the day, meditate. What does it say about who God is? What does it say about who Jesus is? What does it say about me? What should I do in light of this new information? And ultimately, the scriptures are truth that inform us, that we can understand. And then, like I said earlier, want to invite us into an encounter. And so what we're going to do next is we're going to have Ashton come on out. And Ashton is going to lead us talking about prayer, which is the natural overflow of reading the scriptures. Give it up for our man.
3: Good morning, family. Good to see you guys. Dev ripped that. That was awesome. But we're going to talk about prayer. We're talking about sources, the source growing deeper in Jesus with the word, with prayer, and worship. And so without further ado, I just think it's a respect, you know, because we're all races, all faces, and all ages church, that we have a prayer warrior in the house who made a video this week, and she's prayed longer than I've been alive. And I just think it's without further ado, we asked her a few questions, and she's going to just explain a little bit what prayer is. Check it out. This is Anna Pryor.
4: I personally pray because I am totally dependent on God. I know that in and of myself, I am nothing and I need Him to work in my life because I just have no strength on my own. I have no wisdom on my own. I have nothing on my own. So if I didn't pray, I don't think I would get very much done. And so, um, it's like my life's blood and um, I love to pray. Um, we were created to pray and worship God and praise God. And it just keeps me alive spiritually because um, it's our connection to God, our direct connection um, to commune with Him, to communicate with Him. You know, He is the one who leads and guides us. The Holy Spirit is the one that works in the earth and moves in us and prompts us and directs us and uh, teaches us and so when we don't pray uh, we don't have any strength no power or communication so uh, i have to pray in order to even act right (laughs) i have to pray it's just part of my lifestyle be sincere Um, be honest with God because He knows everything anyway. Be persistent, uh, be patient, and willing to wait because we don't, you know, God is not a microwave. uh, God, in our waiting, He teaches us and uh, strengthens us, and we grow as we wait. To be trusting and also Hopeful, because um, without hope and faith, you know, is is pointless. Just be willing to be patient, and um, when you pray, you know, always try to make sure your heart is right. You know, forgive people if you have ought against anyone, and ask Him to forgive you because we're not perfect and we make mistakes. And don't worry about how you sound because God loves us anyway. He He just He's delighted of the fact that we want to communicate with him and we want to come to him. I would say, keep it simple. Be sure that your heart is pure and um, trust him and just wait on him. Um, and always <laughs> make sure you pray in Jesus' name. And that's about it. All right, so I'll see you guys later. She got had yeah,
3: definitely take care of my portion. I mean, come on now, Anna Pryor is ripping that. That's that's wonderful. I mean, that's stuff you can't buy. And I think, you know, as I just sit there, and I'm like, man, there's just two things that, like what she said, she was desperation and communication with God. Like, That's what prayer is. If you can leave with anything, prayer is communication with God. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. So often I think we get bottled up and it's like, it's a, we feel like as if it's a one-way street and it's just com- communication too, but it's, 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 it's both and, it's with. It's a, it's a two way street. Ebbs and flows. It's beautiful. Prayer is a conversation with God. Anna Pryor ripped that. I love Anna Pryor. I don't think she's here at this service, but I love you a lot. She's a wonderful person. So it's cool because, like we said, prayer is communication with God, but prayer has power. Like, prayer is not just empty, lofty phrases, prayer has power. Like, when we pray, we say something like God is the one in which who can do it all. Like, kind of like when you talk with your dad or your mom or whoever, your boss, they can do something. But God can do anything and everything. Prayer has power. So prayer is communication with God, right? And prayer has word. We got fundamentals just like that. So if that's the case, you know, just a little illustration that I love. Because prayer is personal, you know, it doesn't have to be completely, you know, like like blown up. It's so, it's super cheap. Anna said it beautifully. It's simple. Prayer's simple. And prayer is this open line, 24-7, 365. And as I said, you know, we're all races, all faces, all ages, church. Believe it or not, I grew up in a we lived in a house one time and they had wired telephones. Wired ones. Where you pick up and you ain't gotta wait for no ring and you was on the phone. Believe it or not, they're like, that boy ain't seen no wired telephone. I promise. I have. And so I remember it would be like, we're young and we're living, we, we live with like, you know, we lived in tons of different houses and we lived with this one family and the, uh, the older sister had a boyfriend. I loved listening on the phone to like hear him just be like, what you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just chilling here. I'm doing my thing. And it was, but the, the, you're like, ah, funny, funny, but check it. I could pick up the phone. There'd be no ringing. There'd be no waiting. There'd be no hesitation. I pick up the phone. I'm immediately in the conversation. You, see? you know what I'm saying? But you might see where I'm going with this. It's the same thing with prayer. Nowadays, you know, we call, we have that FaceTime. That junk's lame. I want to pick up the phone and just be there. Just communication right on, on the spot, 24-7, 365, and that's the best way I can, like, illustrate and translate prayer. You pick up the phone, and God's already been there for ages waiting for you. Not just him or her or the one in which who looks like they do the cool thing on a Sunday. No, you. God's personal. 24 seven, 365. He's sitting on the other side of the wired telephone. We. that's fun. That's beautiful. But it's sad though, because sometimes we don't think so simple, agreed? Sometimes we have this like these tied in tradition. This is what prayer is and this is what prayer isn't. And I just wanted to answer like a couple things. Tell you what prayer isn't. Tell you what prayer is and then get out your way. Cool. So prayer is not just before dinner or just before the bedtime. It's not. Prayer isn't just about me. Oh, God. All right. So I'm thinking about getting this job. That's awesome. But I'm going to go get it and then you just bless me afterwards. Is that okay? I'm going to ask for cuz it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for Okay. But it's not just about me. Prayer's way bigger than us. Another thing prayer isn't is prayer isn't only here on city life on Sundays. Prayers in the car on the way to go pick up your daughter. Prayers in the living room. With your grandparents, with your grandparents and your grandkids. Prayers anywhere and everywhere. And and I, I wanted to emphasize that point because if you think about it, Anna said that one word, desperate. And it makes me think, because if prayer is a source, my my brain's source, okay, well, think of a well. If you're desperate, you don't care what you look like, you don't care who you're in front of, you don't care what it is. If if you're desperate for water, you going to drink, right? It's the same thing with prayer. It doesn't need to get locked in the confines of, like, a location or a specific person. Prayer is everywhere. Does that make sense? And lastly, prayer is not a talk track. There's no specific word. Honestly, you can just pray and say, Jesus, amen. You can say a name, Ashton, amen. And he hears that. And he loves that. There's no talk track. There's no specific route of communication. And so prayer is so much more than those things, which is beautiful. Because we get the opportunity to bring anything and everything to a God who can do anything and everything. Prayer is bigger than that. Prayer has power. Prayer is bigger than ourselves. And lastly, prayer is an invitation to invite God's will in my life and yours. That's what it is. Prayer is an invitation. Hey, God, I want to invite you in my life, in my friend's life, our community's life, our world's life. It's an invitation. It's a communication. It's a relationship. Prayer has powerful. It's beautiful because prayer is so powerful that literally the king of the universe, Jesus, would have such a commitment and a prioritization to prayer that he would often not be found because he loved prayer so much. Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night, all night he continued in prayer to God. That's it. Right there. There's no other cool, like, we're not going to exegete this passage. just right there for you. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night, guess what he did? He continued in prayer to God. The Lord depended on prayer. As simple as that. The one in which who's literally God, he is love. He's the one, you know, the word is God. Devin was killing it. He prayed all the time. So prayer is powerful and it's awesome, but I think the best way to teach is to pray. So we're going to pray together, and and like we said, there's no confine. If you want to sit, sit. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to raise your hand, one hand open, one hand closed, do your thing. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray for the church. We're going to pray for the world. I mean, there's stuff going around all over the globe. Ukraine, Russia, our hearts break for this kind of stuff. You know, there's, there's women in sexual slavery, all this crazy crap all over the world. And we get to ask God and say, hey, God, can you please intervene? Because I need to invite you in because this is too much for me. This is sad. Would you guys like to pray? All right, let's pray. You can stand, you can kneel, you can do you. Jesus, one, thank you so much for today. God, that we get to meet as a family, as a community, and to hear your word and and to hear things about you, God. It's wonderful. Jesus, I pray for every single person in this room that they get to experience you today. God, that they get to not only, like, have barriers removed to love you, but love people unconditionally. And, Jesus, we pray bigger than even just here in city life because we can do that. We ask for our whole city to be lifted up to you. God, the crime rates. Jesus, the struggling moms. The distant fathers who want to step back in their kids' lives. God, the kids who don't have any mentors. Jesus, you know it all. God, and we can even go bigger, God. We can pray for Michigan as a whole, Detroit, Flint, Grand Rapids, Muskegon, the whole, the whole state, the UP. <laughs> Jesus, we ask for you to intervene that people feel your love all over this state. Jesus, we can go bigger. We can pray for the whole United States, Jesus. We pray for states, cities, people all over the United States. God, churches all throughout each and every state, each and every city, God, today that are meeting. Lord, we pray for their hearts to be pointed towards you. Jesus, thank you. And Lord, we can even go bigger. We can pray for this whole world, which is crazy. And God, we ask right now for Ukraine and Russia, Lord, that you just you draw near to those that are struggling, the moms, the dads, the families who don't know where they're going. God, for officials and and those in authority, God, for their hearts to change. Lord, we pray for 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 nations that are that are that are that are stuck and. And and, and there's, there's COVID and all this craziness, God. It's so overwhelming. But somehow you manage it all, and somehow you've just wrapped the plan for all to come back under your name again. So, God, as City Life, as a family, as a community, we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. And we love you. We pray this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. That's beautiful. Well, that's source two, prayer. And Tina's about to kick it off and talk to you guys about worship because she kills the game in it.
5: What's up, you guys? Yeah, so I'm talking about worship, another way that we can grow deeper in our roots. So what is worship? Well, worship means simply to bow down, to show reverence, to uplift, to glorify, or to bring honor to in 1 Corinthians 10:31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. So that being said, I know a lot of times when we think worship, we think specifically music, but we can worship God in everything we do. We can bring him glory in whatever we do. So just remember that. So like if you're at work, uh, if you're at home, you're cleaning, whatever we're doing, like we can still bring glory to God. But now shifting over to worship. Sorry, we all put our notes on this one thing, so I'm just trying to find mine. (laughs) Yeah, so why do we worship? We worship simply to give glory to God. And so when we're up here, Oh, my friends are coming out. When we're up here and we're singing worship music, we're bringing glory to God. And I know that that looks so different for all of us. Like you might look and you'd be like, wow, Tina's like jumping around on stage. That's how I worship. But it, it's something, it's so much more than that. It's just a posture of the heart. And we see that um, posture is really big. So I know that like, sometimes you might not think it's important uh, to have your posture posture a specific way, but you know, like say like LeBron James walks in the room, like your posture is gonna shift a little bit. You know, you're gonna kind of like shift how you are. And so it's kind of the same with worship. Like Jesus is in the room with us. So we're gonna have a posture that brings him honor. And the first time I heard that song that we sang today, Altar, when I was hearing it, I, it stopped me where I was. We were like during 21 days of prayer and it stopped me where I was and I was like, I just have to get on my knees before the Lord. You know, cause it was just, it did something in me to be before the Lord. And so what we're gonna do in just a minute, we are going to do just that. We are going to worship. And then one thing to remember is that worship is the soundtrack of our life. Worship music is the soundtrack of our lives. And it creates an environment. So even if you're at home and you're like, for me, I keep going back when I'm cleaning, like sometimes just putting that worship music on, or if you're just having a rough day, putting that music on like it does something in you to create that environment. And so what we're gonna do right now is we are going to sing. We're gonna bring glory to God. We're going to sing that He is holy and that He is worthy, all right? So if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to come up to the front, if you want to bow down before the Lord, whatever that looks like, we're going to do that.
6: Mm -hmm. And holy is His name.
0: known, share your life, share your sin, confess, be honest, be open, be vulnerable, grow deep roots in Jesus, worship, pray, read, bring all this into your daily rhythm of life, and show up every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 1130, and we're going to keep loving the city, one life at a time, all races, all faces, all ages, and we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best Sunday of your lives, y'all, we'll catch you next week.